I'm Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, hosts Casey Seymour and Aaron Fintel of Moving Iron LLC sit down with Ben Friedhoff, Used Ag Acquisition and Remarketing Man- Manager with Agco Dealer Ziegler Ag. Let's jump in as Ben provides a boots on the ground update on what's happening in the used equipment market from his territory in Iowa. We have got a uh, guest on this week. He's from Ziegler Ag. His name is Ben Friedhoff. I hope I said that right, Ben. Did I, did I butcher your last name? Right on. Great. Ben is with Ziegler Ag, like I said, and he is with, is your title used equipment manager, Ben, or what, what's your title there at Ziegler? My actual title is used ag acquisition and remarketing manager. Um, so I guess on your end, it'd probably be uh, similar to what Aaron does there, but uh, I do all the wholesaling uh, right out of Ziegler. Okay. Um, as well as uh, manage all of the out-of-territory sales, so all the tractor hauls calls, uh, yeah. website calls, all that stuff comes through me or my team. Yep, right on. So, so Ben, talk about a little bit about yourself, a little bit of your background, how you got to where you're at today. So I've uh, been with Ziegler here for uh, be about 15 years, coming here uh, after the first year. Started off as a territory salesman, covering north-central, northeast Iowa. Uh, did that for about 13 years before I moved into this role. Prior to that was a... Uh, product manager for another uh, company, graduate out of Iowa State, out of their AST program, but uh, actually been in the used equipment business. I've been in the auction business since I was 13. I uh, went to auction school when I was 15, still carry my auctioneer's license, so that's kind of what all started this uh, roadmap into where I'm at today. But uh, yeah, kind of grew up in uh, Iowa here in Wisconsin, actually, and farm kid and um, moved into the into the equipment business. So talk a little bit about your getting your auction license when you're 15. That's, you don't hear that very often. <laughs> uh, just something, uh, you know, followed that around all the farm sales when I was a kid. That was kind of neat. And mm-hmm. uh, I had an opportunity to help out a, a family friend when I was real young and got real uh, kind of pulled into it, decided that was something I want to do. So uh, actually went to auctioneer school, like I said, when I was 15, worked all the way through high school doing auctions here and there and just something I enjoyed to do. And, still do to this day not near as much as i'd like to but uh we still hit a few every now and then so the auction market you know it's a big part of this business big part of any equipment business i don't care if you're if you're selling cars and trucks or semis and your tractors and combines that that auction market's a big a big player um we're seeing some pretty big numbers come out of the auction market right now ben as you take a look at what's going on in the auction marketplace what are some of the trend lines you're seeing or you're following right now that are helping you kind of stay ahead of the curve a little bit well you know i think the auction world's really changed um especially the advent of the you know the covid and the sure uh, shutdowns and everything that auction market I'd, I'd say used to be you know we'd call it our wholesale opportunity but uh, anymore, especially on your low houred um, local one owner type stuff, retirement auctions. You know, I, there's some cases where they're setting the market anymore. They're getting out there and seeing people that, for lack of a better term, aren't coming to the dealer. Don't know really why, but a uh, lot of opportunity there. So, you know, we use them as a, as a judge and it's a good roadmap of where things are kind of going and trending. But, you know, on occasion, I think there's some of that stuff is kind of almost out there and, you know, you get any two guys getting against each other, either in person or online, you know, you, you put a time date on an auction and that's what brings some of your top dollar. It, it's kind of crazy, but uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, you know, we have a sale every year. We're on our third annual one coming up here and, you know, we've hit pretty much every state in the, 
in the Union, all of Canada, Mexico, parts of South America, uh, Europe. Um, I had some combines go to China last year. So good opportunity for us to actually use it as a marketing tool as well as, you know, a liquidation tool to some extent and, uh, and get rid of some iron that either, you know, needs to find a new home or maybe it isn't our brand and something, uh, you know, has a good opportunity to sell and we can get pretty good dollar for it and, and move it out. So. Right. I, I guess to talk a little bit about what you're seeing um, on your area right now. I mean, obviously, you know, inventory is inventory. That's, that's what that looks like. But mm-hmm. right now when you're seeing, you know, interest rate situations, we've got, um, you know, just the price of equipment and, and the, the premium that we're seeing right there for, for stuff that's available in inventory. Um, you know, we can talk about that till we're blue in the face, but when you're looking at some of the stuff that we're putting numbers on, that's, you know, six, nine, 12 months out before it comes in, how are you looking at that? And, and how are you making those decisions? You know, as static as things are, uh, as static as that number is um, in a, very evolving marketplace, I guess. How are you, how are you making those decisions and, and what, what tools are you using to help you do that? Well, it's, it's tough. I mean, um, yeah. obviously nobody has a crystal ball and, you know, you, everybody's got a different opinion of, of commodity prices and machinery availability and, and when's this going to change. You know, we're looking at the, the market today and, and um, you know, depending on the age, a lot of your late model stuff that we are looking at, you know, guys got, some tax issues probably to take care of uh, some pretty good farm incomes. You know, a lot of it, you're basing it off the new price and kind of trying to work off a a per hour cost, taking into effect some, some price increases, either known or unknown, which right now can sometimes be like throwing a dart at the wall, but uh, (laughs) try to do the best you can and and steer that ship. As as we get now out, um, I think we looked at a tractor the other day, you know, spring of 24 is when we're going to see it. It, it's getting to a point where it's a discussion with the buyer and, um, you know, Hey, this is kind of where we think. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we all would agree. It's better for both parties. We put a number on it, kind of shake hands, agree, put some stuff on paper, but we're going to set that final price when it hits the yard. And, uh, and I think as a customer as well, you know, over the last two years, as you've seen some of the stuff, uh, appreciate in value, it's, it's probably better off for them as well. Um, to put yeah. that number together, uh, at sure. that point. And so, we're trying to build that report with a customer and build that, uh, you know, that equipment advisor position is what we always called it. You know, we're, we're not just selling you something. We want to kind of help you steer your decision-making. I, th- I think that's the way you got to go into some of this stuff is it's just better for all parties to kind of finalize it when it gets here, you know, and we'll, we'll hold the stuff as much as we can, but um, we've never had the position that, uh, you know, 12 months down the road, things change, a partner leaves the farm operation or whatever. We're, we're not going to hold the guy's feet to the fire. And, um, and we'll try to work through about anything if we can. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that, that time frame that we're looking at now, we were same situation. I mean, we're, we're looking at, you know, putting some of the stuff on there now. It's hard to kind of see where things at now on the flip side of that, I'm sure you guys are gearing up. You got a lot of people that are probably interested in looking at some various things and year in coming in the equipment that you have on the lot right now that, or that you can readily get what, what's the, uh, what's the pulse you're getting uh, from the producers in the area about end of the year buying. I think we'll have a pretty good end of the year. Um, I think there's going to be a fairly good demand. It's going to yeah. be very specific on the product. Um, I, I firmly believe the older the combine, the tougher it's going to be. Um, I think we're seeing, yep. oh, yeah. um, 
I, I would say anything eight years old for sure um, is going to be a little bit of a struggle. Ten years old definitely um, is, is really going to be a problem. Yeah. We're we're large in the ag application business. That market is extremely tough, and I don't know what's going to change that. But uh, yeah. good quality low hour tractors, which everybody will tell you is good property. Mm-hmm. Um, you know those will be well in demand. We have done pretty well at. Um, sourcing some of those. Um, I, I've, I've bought quite a few tractors, either retiring guys or, you know, whatever opportunities that arose out there. So right. We've done quite a bit of that as well. Some lease returns that, that uh, other dealers couldn't absorb. I picked up, um, you know, and you're just trying to find inventory anywhere you can, but I, I'd say it's going to be specific. Your tractor horsepowers guys are going to continue to update technology on planners. I really see combines, even the newer stuff, Guys will update, but at some point, I don't think they're going to take some of these big price increases as well as we think they will to where they may end up, uh, uh, you know, running one a little bit longer or rebuilding to a harder extent. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and along those lines, and this is something we've tried and we're working through, we've actually started doing some some rebuilds on some tractors. So, um, you know, some of those desirable older machines. Uh, we've done a full tip to tail rebuild, essentially restored them to brand new, and and we're having some pretty good success with those. It's almost like you you, you work at a cat dealership. <laughs> it, it's kind of weird. Like I might have a connection there a little bit, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> actually the idea where it came from. But uh, uh, we just shipped one the other day, um, had twelve or thirteen thousand hours on it when I brought it in out of a yeah. out of the uh, scraper application, and when it left, it was a brand new fifteen year old tractor. So. Yeah, and I think that you're going to see that. I think that's going to be a bigger deal. You know, I've, I talked about this this whole you know new segmentation of buying groups and how that looks, and and just because the pricing of equipment and, and where things are falling in, that those those groups are being more defined now as, as to where they fall in there. And there, there's there's only certain number of of machines that are going to be out there that that they can afford to buy, and some of those options might be, you know, like you're talking about a whole frame off type overhaul where you're going to, you know, all new components, new engines rebuild. You guys, are you talking like rebuilding the engine? Do you put new engines in and how, how's that work? So basically we strip them down to the frame. Um, and then they're, they're a full remanufactured engine done in our own rebuild center, full uh, remanufactured training done in our rebuild center and all new wiring harnesses, paint yeah. um, about the only thing we're saving is the hard parts, you know, the frames, the blocks, sure. the casings. Um, we are redoing the hoods and some of that stuff just because of availability, mm-hmm. um, you know, paint and body work, but yeah, they're, they're, they're essentially turnkey 15 year old tractors. The last one I think that left was a 2007 yep. uh, huh. by serial number. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a, a very cool concept when, when you start looking at from a, from a customer's perspective, um, it's nothing new on the construction side. I mean, you hear stores all the time of 50,000 hour uh, scrapers and those kind of things running around out there that have been rebuilt mm-hmm. two or three times, you know, and, and, yeah, and absolutely. those kind of things. So I think that's a, it's going to be a, a, a cool thing to watch as this transition, because, you know, you sit back and you look at, at where is some of this availability of inventory is going to be, even after all this, you know, supply chain shortage stuff calms down you know, there's going to be, you know, 20 through 23 model years are going to be just some, there's going to be some very sparse um, years to have, you know, used equipment out there. And we start looking at just the number of machines that are available and, and what that, that uh-huh. trade cycle and turnaround cycle looks like. So that for some of these folks, that might be the best option for them. Right. And I mean, you start looking at a, 
you know, a high wear item, like a combine or example, or a forage harvester, yeah. um, you know, we've added some technology to those products over the years, but let's be real. A combine is, is really still a combine. And so if you can put 50, 80 grand worth of sheet metal into something and make it run for another five years or four or whatever, um, does that make for some sense to a guy? And I think some of those conversations are being had right now. Just, just because availability, like you said, you know, how many, I'm sure you guys have seen it and every brand has, but how many things got slipped and didn't quite make it for harvest or quite make it for spring. Right. Um, you know, some of that stuff I think is going to be um, coming to top, top line. We'll get back to the conversation in a minute, but first I wanted to invite you to join us virtually this December 8th and 9th for the Ag Equipment Intelligence Executive Briefing. To learn more and to register, visit agequipmentintelligence.com slash executive briefing. Now back to Casey, Aaron, and Bud. It's just going to be a, a different world over the next five years um, mm-hmm. as we kind of look into the future. What does this look like and how these things are going to come together? Because the one thing that we I don't think we have to worry about, I don't want to say ever again, but for a very long time, is an oversupplied um, used equipment marketplace. I feel like that's because of what we've seen through this supply chain shortage and, and the number of machines that have been pushed in or out of a year and, and stuff that just got canceled and all these different things that came into play. It's going to take a long time to have, you know, a 2012 through 2014 style disaster again um, when it comes to, to rebuilding equipment, because I had a conversation with a guy today about this. And I'd love your feedback on this, but the one thing about, you know, a 2012, 2013, 2014, that timeframe in there, there were still people that were buying the onesie, twosie new things. And not that guys aren't doing that now, but mm-hmm. it's not nearly as prevalent as it was back then, but you can still get a combine for, you know, 250 to, to 300,000 bucks. Right. You know what I mean? So that made, right. it makes a big difference in, in how someone looks at their, uh, look at the market. Now, you know, fast forward and you're looking at 450 to $550,000 combines, depending on what it is that you're getting. But there's a, that's just a different, a different conversation that you're having with folks. And the guy that's still buying the 250, $300,000 combine, $350,000 combine back in 12, 13, 14, he's still buying the 250 or $300,000, $350,000 combine now, but it's used. Right. So right. I guess, well, I, I think along those lines, I, well, I think you're uh, exactly right. And I think you're seeing a lot of guys slip from that A buyer, that guy that bought new to being a B or C. Right. And I see that continuing because of the cost ability, you know, the cost and the um, ability to absorb those costs across the acres. I think while we, it will be a long time before we get into, you know, a possible scenario where we were in 12, 13, 14, I think there is still the opportunity or the possibility or, or, or we need to very much watch out for the possibility of those items. Like I said, those 10 year old plus combines sneaking up on us. Sure. Um, And I think the market's still going to dictate to us what they will buy. And if we're not there to watch them, um, you know, we're going to get caught a little bit. I'd say another, you know, prime example, maybe not near as prevalent, you know, the Draper market industry is, is huge to the point where an auger head is basically crap iron. Right. I mean, right. nobody's right. buying those older, those auger heads yeah. and the customer has told us what they want, but they still want the top dollar for one out of the shed. But you know, you're going to get to a point where those just aren't, you know, what are you going to do with them? 
Right. Yeah. They're they're basically direct to export now. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. They're going in a container and and leaving the country. Yep. Cool. Yep. So that's that's another that was one of my next questions I was going to ask. As you look at the way we're we're kind of structuring our used equipment marketplace right now, there's still a lot of 2012, 13, 14, 15 model stuff out there. I mean, there's still that bulge out there. That bulge is selling every day. You know what I mean? It's it's not it's not going anywhere. It's still there, and you're still seeing it come and go. You start looking at some of the stuff like a like a 16, 17, 18 model something when when there was still because you think about that production years, those production years in there compared to these production years now. And it's almost, it's, I bet it's double. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but you'd have oh, to get, be, yeah. it'd be, it'd be close to double. It's got to be more of inventory, you know, and easily. I mean, you could easily. Make well, for instance, like you talking about the bulge is still there mm-hmm. in the last two weeks. I've sold four 2012 combines. Yeah. They're, they're still here. Yeah. I don't know if I've sold any of them maybe three times now, but <laughs> so, it's, they're just, they're here forever. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, when you're looking at that, those, that used equipment space where there's still available stuff out there, I see two things happen. One is I think the international marketplace is, is going to, you know, continue to grow. I think it's going to, you're going to continue to see growth in, in some of these countries, you know, there's a big push around the world now to kind of become more, you know, more self-reliant and, and less reliant on, on other places that have been traditionally strong, um, you know, suppliers of grain and, 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 proteins and those kind of things. But as you're looking at, at that from your, from your perspective, I mean, how, how much do you say uh, getting in the next couple of years, you know, kind of think about from that perspective, how much is, is the international marketplace going to play in, in the way you guys look at business um, and in way you look at used equipment? I mean, there's a lot of variables in there. Uh, sure. You know, obviously Ukraine was a large oppor- opportunity for yeah. a lot of our product. Um, you know, especially the Claus combine and, and the big flat track, uh, or the uh, mm-hmm. track, two track tractors. Um, that's obviously changed. It's not been completely cut off, but it's definitely changed. So it, it's something to look at there. South America for us, uh, used to buy some, uh, especially application equipment. That market is almost completely shut off. Um, have not found much of anything going south for that application. China's really come on board. I was kind of shocked by that, but, uh, you know, I think, I think it's going to be more and more, um, especially if you're older stuff, uh, that they're going to, and they're actually moving into some pretty late model stuff as well. But, um, I think it's going to be more and more of a player. Uh, You got the dollar to worry about a little bit, obviously our interest rates here at home, um, and some of the political stuff going back and forth um, sure. to control that, that we really don't have any power over and we just kind of got to steer the, steer the ship over the way it's take us. But uh, I, I think they're going to be continue to be and, and become more of a player um, in some of those, uh, those markets, especially stuff that we're, we're not moving here, you know, that they're just not, not going anywhere over here. So we got to find somewhere else to go with them. Right. Yep. Some way, somehow. And that's going to be some way, somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Even from the international side, that that's getting to be a bigger and bigger issue that we see happening because some of the stuff that was kind of that, that key international buyer spectrum, it's not even, they're not, they're looking for stuff that's, two and three years old in some cases. I mean, it's just, yeah, that, they've almost skipped a generation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yep. that's kind of throwing a, throwing a kink into the middle of that. So I guess I've, I've racked my brain about this and maybe you got a better answer than I do, Ben, but 
when I'm looking at some of the stuff, like the 12, 13, 14 model stuff, some of that stuff has got so many hours on it now because it was run for so long before, you know, kind of went through that, those trade cycles that we would normally see. Some of that stuff is getting to the point where you're starting to see 2000 hour, you know, 2,500 hour combines, 3000 hour combines. I looked at a 50 series combine the other day. It had like, I don't know what I had on it, like 5,500 hours or something like that. I mean, it's just a ton of hours on these things anymore. And as, as you're starting to look at those kind of things, what do you, what do you do with them? Where do they go? And how do you price them? And I think we've kind of hit that commodity, that point in time where some of those machines have become a commodity. Eventually my joke becomes reality. <laughs> what do they weigh? Uh, yeah, that what's it worth? What's it weigh? Count? Yeah, we've had yeah. that conversation. Will yeah. you remove the tires for me? <laughs> exactly. uh, you know, Phil, I mean, that goes back to the, you know, get to some of those hours. Um, it's the builder market. Can you find a guy that'll tear it down? Um, and, yeah. and that's where I've been out in, in kind of tasks with is some of those machines, you know, you're probably not going to sell those a whole unit. Um, and, and it's kind of, it's, it's whether it's a, the best one you ever seen backed out of, you know, the guy's shop and, and it's clean local one owner, or it's got a billion hours on it with a tranny out of it. The difference in value is, is minimal. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I'll, some of our older combines, you're talking, you know, 06, 07, some of those older ones. I got a few guys that go right to and, and see if they're interested off the bat, knowing full well they're probably going going for parts. Um, and, and that's really, a, that's what they're for. Um, and we've had to have some tough conversations with some customers that, hey, you've, you've got your goodie out of this machine. You need a second bean unit. Might as well keep it around because it's, not worth what you think it's worth. Right. right. So, and, and you're, yeah. you know, that's a great point with some of these combines, that's going to be pretty damn commonplace. They're just going to hang on to them. Yeah. It's, it's yep. worth a hell of a lot more as a backup or second. Like you said, when it's bean time, run two and pick corn with one. And it's well, and, and we've had the conversation with as well with some of the parts available, the issues, you know, if you're looking at that older combine that's maybe only worth thirty to fifty thousand or sixty thousand, you know, keep it around. It, right. it ain't really worth a whole lot. It doesn't owe you much. It's depreciated out, and your your right angle gearbox goes out of your new one. Pull that one out of the shed and wait for the part because it might do three four weeks before you get it. Um, yeah, right. You know, depending on what horror story you want to believe at that time. But, <laughs> yeah. um, right. You know, yeah. it, there's some things to be said there. Um, for those older machines. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ben, um, talk a little about, about your auction coming up and how people can get information on that. Yep. So we're having our, uh, I'll, I'll call it our third annual. I'm, I'm kind of using that little plug, but our third annual um, uh, auction here at Ziegler, it'll be the first full week of December. I believe it's Tuesday. I haven't quite finalized that yet, but it's uh, uh, the first full Tuesday of, of December. Um, will be will be provided by Sullivan auctioneers um be online only um and, and basically it's a you know I want to call it a dispersal sale but it's the stuff that uh you know we want to move on to a new home it's um good good used equipment uh, some combines some planters uh, there'll be some application equipment on it there'll be some competitive colors um for us that we'll put on there um so yeah uh, you can check our website or check Sullivan's it'll be coming up on there uh, here pretty quick 
Right on, man. Cool. <clears throat> well, Ben, you have any final thoughts you want to throw out there before we before we shut the podcast down? Uh, you know, get out there and uh, you know, have fun, buy often, bid often, and uh, have a safe fall. Right on. Uh, good ride and been fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah cool. definitely, definitely. Well, folks want to reach out to you, Ben. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, best way uh, is uh, actually on my cell phone, and I'll um, have to give that out, but uh, 641-745-5427. Give me a shout. Right on. Well, Ben, I appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Aaron, you got any final thoughts? I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm just a blank slate. <laughs> Thank, thanks yeah. for thanks for spending time with us, Ben, and shedding a light Absolutely, on guys. your part of the world and your color, and yep. giving everybody the up to date. So appreciate it. Right on. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks to Casey, Aaron, and Ben for sharing their conversation with us. You can keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.